Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. So we're in a series called Manager. And really, manager and steward are two words that can go hand in hand because they really mean the same thing when it comes to the kingdom of God. If you're a steward, you're a manager. And if you're a manager, you're a steward. And um, I came up with a description for for manager, for being a manager in the kingdom of God, a steward in the kingdom of God. I just want to put it up on the screen so everyone can look at it. But this is what I believe true godly stewardship to be, the wise and effective management of the God-given resources in your life. That's stewardship. It's the wise and the efficient running and managing. There's that word again, managing, manager of what God has entrusted to you. And so that's the series we're in. That's what we're doing and I'm glad that you're a part of it. But if you missed last week, please, uh, the YouTube channel is a great way to catch up. We also have the podcast as well. But in Exodus 13, let's read God's word together. It says this in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is first, everybody say first, to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Everybody say Mine. And look at verse 11. Go down to verse 11. It says this. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. It's important language to note. Shall be the Lord's. All the firstborn shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. I don't have time to really dive deep into that. But essentially what God is saying, if you don't put me first, you don't give me what the first portion is, you're going to lose it anyway. That's what that means. You're going to lose it anyway. He says, every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So part two of this new series, Manager, We're going to talk about this specifically this morning, and I want to preach a message with the title that is this, Before I Do Anything Else. That's the title. Before I do anything else, I need to put God first. If you think about stewardship, godly stewardship in your life and in my life, godly management, I believe as stewards, there just comes a point with all that we're given to manage, all that we're given to look over, there just comes a point where we need to stop and say, before I do anything else, I'm going to put God first. Before I go any further, before I do anything else with what has been entrusted to me, I need to put God first. Um, There was a cool season in Jill and I's life. By the way, it's my wife's birthday today, if you didn't know. I love taking a moment just to embarrass her, but we love her all dearly, and I know you do too, and it's her birthday today, so... Looking forward. This, it just makes, it makes perfect sense that it would be Sunday. So there you go. But hey, there was, a, there was a season in our life where we were sort of making our way, I guess, to this point where we would start Colonial Church. But it was between two cities that we lived in. We lived in Atlanta for a little while, and then we lived in New York for a little while. But between that, those two seasons, we had this small, brief season here in St. Augustine where we lived down nearby the beach. And um, just a great season. Loved living so close to the beach. And it was just so Awesome. I surfed way more then than I do now. I, uh, I was way more relaxed then than I... No, just kidding. It was just a different... It was a really, really sweet season. And we, we rented a house and it was, 
It was kind of an interesting setup because this property that we were, we were on, we rented a house, but there are actually two other houses on the property. It was almost like, I guess you'd call it a triplex. And the owner of the, the property, he lived out of town and he had the house that, that we lived in, that we rented, which was our house. And then he had another one that was a, a, kind of like a, a garage with, a, with an apartment on top of it. That was another one. And there was, there was like a little cottage also on the property too, this beautiful, quaint little cottage that never got used. Never, ever got used. But what I came to understand was that that was actually the owner's uh, property. It was his cottage and he'd reserved it for himself. That was his his place, and it, it was kind of eerie actually living there because we were there every single day. We were, you know, coming and going, cars coming in, going, all that sort of stuff. I'd walk out and head to the beach, and all that sort of stuff. I'd walk past this empty cottage every single day. But what I came to learn was this: it's his property. He did what he wanted, and he decided this is my property, this is my cottage, and I don't want anyone in my cottage. It's re- it's reserved for me. And I want to talk a little bit about that today because it's actually true in the kingdom of God. That there's a portion that God has said is mine, it's reserved for me, it belongs to me, make no mistake about it. I don't know which way, how many times you want me to tell you, but the first is mine. And so when it comes to our lives, it's exactly the same. We're stewards and managers of God's kingdom here on earth, but there's a portion of it, there's a dynamic that's at play that we need to understand that God has reserved part of it for himself. It's his, and I'm talking about the first portion When it comes to our finances, I'm talking about the tithe. I'm talking about the best, the first part. But this this principle goes all through Scripture. We see it in Exodus. In fact, I'm about to read in Genesis. We see it even in the first book of the Bible. But the idea that God gets the best in our lives is a principle that runs all through Scripture. And we see it all through the Bible. Let me show you a few verses. Genesis chapter 14. This is when Abram was blessed by Melchizedek, the king of Salem. And it says this in verse 20, And blessed be most high, be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. There was a victory. And it says, And he gave him a tithe of all. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Psalm 78 verse 51, talking about um, deliverance, says this, He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the first fruits of their strengths in the tent of Ham. And then in the Gospels, we read again, this is Jesus attacking the religious leaders and their mindset and the way that they were twisting the way God was. But he says this in verse 23. He says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. But listen to what Jesus is. Jesus speaking. He says, you should tithe. Yes. Is there any, ever any doubt about tithing and whether or not it's New Testament, whether Jesus cares? But there it is right there. It's in the Bible. You should tithe. Yes. But do not neglect the more important things. This is the point. Scripture is loaded with this idea that God gets the best of our lives, that God gets the very best of whatever we have. And that's a dynamic that I want to lean into this morning. So point number one, I like to have three. If you're new to, new to our church, I like to have three points in every single message. And the reason I do that is not because, you know, I'm sort of downloading it from sermons.com or anything like that. But I use three points because they're actually three handles. 
three handles that you can grab a hold of and you can maybe remember later. And we, I, we encourage people in our church, please make notes because we, we, we look through lots and lots of scripture. But point number one, handle number one this morning is this, God is first. And in this series, there may be moments when you think, well, you know, I'm a professional Christian and this is elementary. But can I just encourage you, we never graduate from stuff like this. Doesn't matter what season you're in, doesn't matter how successful you get, doesn't matter what echelon you've, achieved, you've gone to, but there's never a point where we graduate from God being first in our lives. So point number one, God is first. This is kingdom priority. This is kingdom priority. This is um, kingdom order. God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. He's not a God of getting his, uh, his priorities out of order. You know, there's never been a moment for where God has sort of stopped and he said, you know what, I just need to collect myself. And to sort of just get my ducks in a row. God made the ducks. And they're already in a row for him. But this is kingdom priority. God is first in our lives. And if we're going to be good managers of what God has given us, we have to live by this principle that God is first. He is first. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is Paul. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die... So also in Christ shall all be made alive. But look at the order here. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. God is a God of order. God is a God of priority. And he has his priorities set. And he's got them set for you and for me. I'd love it if you could write this down. Got something else that I'd love for you to maybe meditate on and just, just write down as something to hallmark this series, but this is true. Even if God isn't first in my life, He is still first. Even if God doesn't take first place in this area in my life, can I just encourage you? FYI, public service announcement, He's still first. He's still in charge. He's still the one that holds first place. So when it comes to my finances, and we're going to talk practically a little bit about that today, I don't want to get hung up on that because for some reason people get hung up on when it comes to your money. But when you understand the principle of the first, it's actually easy to get your finances in order. But can I just encourage you that even if I haven't put God first in that area of my life, He is still first. That's where He still is. God is first. Here's another truth. If God is first, I'm not. I'm not first. Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And he goes on, he says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is first and I am not. I don't know about you, but I am thankful today that God is first and I am not. That God is first and he's the one who oversees it all. He's the one who, 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 who is responsible for... I mean, I have barely enough trouble managing my own kids' lives. I'm grateful today that God is first and I am not. But here's the next thing I want to say when it comes to that. Well, it's when I put God first, I don't come second. And I don't exactly understand why that is. But for some reason, when I decide to put God first in my life, I never feel like I come off second best. Wow. I never feel like I come off second best. I never feel like I'm robbed of any kind of blessing. And I'd love it if you could write this down as well. I'm never worse off when God is first in my life. I'm never worse off. I'm never in a worse position because I've decided to put God first in my life. It's kingdom order. It's kingdom priority. 
And it's actually incredible. I actually find myself in a better position when I put God first. I don't come second. I don't come second. And I believe that might be a word for someone today that you're on the, on the cusp of this. And maybe that's the reason we're doing this series is because you're on, you're, you're on the fence with this. Maybe it is in your finances. You haven't trusted God with your finances yet and decided, I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to put him first. I'm going to, I've decided that it's, you're on the fence. But can I just encourage you? You never come second by putting God first. You never come. You're never worse off. You're always in a better position. And I believe we have to live God first lives. And this is why. Yeah, we get the blessing. And you will be blessed. It's just a prompt. Like this, this whole prosperity gospel preached, you get to give type junk that's out there. Like just forget about it all. We give God our best because we have Jesus. That's why we do it. Okay, so you are going to be blessed. That's a promise in God's word. God stands on his promises. That's the end of it. But can I just encourage you? We have to live God first lives because there are people out there today that are unsaved. There are people out there that don't know about God, let alone putting God first. They don't even know God. And I want, I want my life to be so hinged to what God is, is about and who he is. And I lead, lead a God first life that people around me see that. And they might necessarily do anything right now. But can I encourage you? The crisis comes. Something changes in their world. They're all of a sudden, they're searching, they're looking and they start looking to you. And you need to be in that moment living a God first life. And then all of a sudden, the, the conversation comes. Why are you so? Why, why is it that you put God first the way you do? Why do you? Why, why are you so generous? Why, why, why? I don't understand it, but can you tell me more about it? And I believe it's an incredible thing that we can see happen in our own lives. So point number one, God is first. Point number two, handle number two is this, God demands the first. This is truth this morning. This is truth. Exodus 13, let's go back to it. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. This is verse two. Whatever is first to open the womb among the people of Israel both of man and of beast, is mine. That's it. And I know there's lots of debate, but it's emphatic language. God is saying, that's mine. It belongs to me. It needs to be reserved for me. It needs to be set aside for me. You know what I love about God? Is that he says to us, say in the example of our finances, he, says to, he said to me, just give me the first ten. You can do whatever you want with the rest. You do whatever. He could have done it the other way around. I mean, he's God. He could have made it any way he wanted to. But he says this, no, give me the first, and then you do whatever you want with the rest. And I believe that God's calling us to manage it well, steward it well. But you know why it's the first? And this is important because I've had people ask me, specifically, they say, well, you know, when I tithe, does it matter what part of my increase what part of, of what God brings to me? Does it matter what, what part it is? And I say, oh, it absolutely matters. It absolutely matters because it's the first. It's the first. So whatever comes in, it's the first of whatever goes out. has to be reserved for God and brought to the house of God. You think about it in an agricultural context, which is when this was obviously happening when God delivered this. When you think about an agricultural context and, and animals being literally born... An increase coming in, it took trust and faith and belief as you gave the first 10 that there would be more coming after it. And it's exactly the same with your finances. 
It's exactly the same with my finances. In fact, to a point where I've, Jill and I, we've settled it in our heart. It's at the point where I wake up in the morning on payday and it's already gone. I see the email, it's gone. Why? Because I want the first to go to God. The best to go to God because it takes faith as I put God first with the best part that he's going to bring more after. And here's the truth this morning. God will do a whole lot more with your 90 than you could ever do with your whole 100. He says, the first is my, if, you, if I could just help you study the language, you would see it for yourself. But God is saying, this is mine. It belongs to me. Like you reserve it for me. And, and it's amazing what God does with it. Malachi chapter 3, I won't go there, but we read from this passage all the time in church. But it's a, it's a, it's a principle that God delivers again with bringing God to God what is his, but him also blessing, but then not only blessing, but him also protecting and blessing what he's given you. But it absolutely is the first. I could read a few other scriptures. Deuteronomy 26. It says, When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, and have taken possession of it and live in it. By the way, the inheritance for us as New Testament believers is the overcoming Christian life. Okay, there's not actually a place here on earth that flows with milk and honey. Just letting everybody know. It would be pretty cool if that did exist, so I would go personally and check it out. But he says, as you are going into the inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, which we all have now because we have Jesus, it says, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from your land and the Lord your God is giving you. Look at this. And you shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell there. I don't know about you, but that sounds like church. That sounds like the house of God. That sounds like where we are right now. Nehemiah chapter 10 is where Nehemiah is instructing and leading a return to the true service and, and getting people back into to the, to the sink with God and understanding, you know, this is, this is who we are. Identity was returning to God's people. And look what it says in verse 35. He says, we obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground. And the first fruits of all fruit of every tree year by year to the house of the Lord. And also to bring the house to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of the Lord, the firstborn of our sons and our cattle. And it goes on and it talks about more of the same, putting God first and making sure he gets the very best of what the people of God have. The first is God's. He demands that it's his and a good steward. I believe a good steward. Going back to what I originally talked about, a good steward understands the bigger picture, understands the dynamic that's a player, understands that I'm a manager of what God has given me. But there's a portion that is reserved just for God. It is the holy portion. It's the redeeming portion. It's the portion I need to set aside for God and therefore can steward well and manage well everything that God has given me. This is a principle. It runs all through Scripture. Literally everywhere you look in the Bible, there, there is the principle of putting God first. Putting him first. Putting him first in your day in the morning. We even see Jesus' life representing that. He would go and he would spend time with God. When it comes to relationships, can I just encourage you? If you're in here today and you may be dating, you're not yet married, can I just encourage you? Just get it. Get the priority organized now. Put God first now. And I'm excited to pray for people at the end, but this is a word I believe that people are looking for today. That, it, that we can put God first. God, God wants us to put him first. And as a result of that, amazing things take place. So first, 
God is first. Second, God demands the first. I've got a couple extra scriptures here. Romans chapter 11. This is again speaking of, of the elect, God's people. Set aside in verse 16, it says, If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. It's talking about the blessing with that first part, then redeems the rest, makes the rest of it holy, makes the rest of it incredible, makes the rest of it blessed and protected and beautiful and wonderful. And he goes on and says, And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Can I just say, you can apply that to your finances. Do you know you can apply that to your life? That as you put God first in it, you can know that the rest is blessed. You can know that the rest carries that beautiful, redeeming nature that only comes from God as we bring to God what is His. The rest of it is blessed. And it's the same with every area of our lives. James chapter 1. I told you there's a lot of scripture this morning. James chapter 1 in the Amplified says this, and it, it was of his own will that he gave us birth. This is talking about regeneration. This is talking about us becoming children of God as his children by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Look at this, a prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself, sanctified and made holy for his divine purposes. That's you. That's you today. And you might have walked in here today thinking, well, you know, I don't know what my life's all about. That's you. That God has, because of Jesus, because of his divine purpose, he has set you aside for himself. That's what it says. And it's incredible. I love it. No one is excited with me. It's just me. That's okay. (laughs) Point number three. So if God is first and God demands the first, this is the third point, the final handle today. God gave us the first. God has given us the first. Team, you can come and join me. But in John chapter 3 and verse 16, the most well-known verse in the whole Bible, what does it say? It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we could all have eternal life. But what is he saying? Really, he's just saying, God gave us the best. God gave us, let me say it this way, God gave us his best. God gave us his best. Jesus is the first. Jesus is the holy portion. He's the consecrated lamb of God. He is the firstborn. Look at it in Colossians chapter 1. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body. Look at this. He is the beginning. He is the first, the firstborn from among the dead that in everything he might be preeminent. See, here's the truth this morning, friends, is God has given us the best of everything. He's given us Jesus, the holy, unblemished lamb that takes away the sins of the world. It's God's best. It's God's best that's been given to us, offered up to us to receive. And why is that important? Well, it's what we get to respond to. That God, there wasn't like God sort of responded to us. No, God was proactive. And he offered up Jesus to us. 
But we need to understand that it was God's best that was given to us. You know, also the Holy Spirit is that too. Let me show you. God just showed me this the other day. It's in Romans chapter 8. But the Holy Spirit is, is described as being the same thing. It's in Romans 8 verse 22. It says, For we know the whole creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. Verse 23. And not only this, but we too who have the first fruits of the Spirit, a joyful indication of the blessings to come. The best. That's what we've been given. That's what God has given us. He's given us the absolute best of everything. He's given us Jesus, the firstborn from creation, the firstborn among the dead. He's given us the Holy Spirit, which the Bible describes as the first fruits of the Spirit. The very, very best. And so then how do we respond? How do we respond? Can I just encourage you, when you understand the contrast of what I've just described as Jesus and the Holy Spirit being the very best that God gives us, it makes tithing a lot easier. It makes putting God first, which I believe is the very first thing we should do, a whole lot easier. Settles things in your heart. But there's a reason that we want to manage our lives in these, in these, in these ways. There's a reason that we as stewards, we need to understand the owner's portion, set it aside, reserve it for him as it reflects the beauty of God. But this is one of the reasons, one of the very amazing reasons. It's, it's back in Exodus 13 in verse 14. Look at what it says. It says, When in time to come your son asks you, What does this mean? What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand the Lord has brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn." In the land of Egypt, both of the firstborn of man, the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn, my sons, I redeem. It shall be as a mark on my hand and a frontlet between your eyes, for by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. So, what does it say? It says, in the coming days, in the coming days, in your setting. You'll have sons and daughters and my kids aren't there yet where they're going to ask me this, but I'm believing the days to come. Sons, daughters, spiritual sons, spiritual daughters will stop and they'll say, hey, why do you do this? Why do you do this? Why do you give this away to God first? It seems a little bit ridiculous. But it says this is why we do it. It's because we were in slavery. And I don't know about you, but I was in slavery. I was enslaved to sin. I was in bondage to, to uh, this world and my sin nature. But God set me free. God gave me Jesus. And there's going to come a time, it says, when you're going to explain to the next generation, this is why we put God first. This is why it's important to put God first. This is why. Because all of a sudden, everything changes. When God is first in our lives, we no longer have the chains. We no longer have the stuff that's holding on to us anymore. We're different. And I can live my life serving the master, being in relationship with him and managing everything he's given me in the right order. Putting him first, giving him the glory always in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for some people this morning. You receive that word? What a joy to put God first. What a joy to, to stop and to say, you know what, Lord, you're getting the very best of me. 
You're getting the very best of everything that I have. And I wonder where that lands for you today. Some of you may be put, have been putting God first in your life for a long time. I pray that this message blesses you and reminds you of exactly what you're doing and exactly the power of it and the beauty of it. But what about an area of your life where maybe God isn't first? What about an area of your life where maybe if you're honest with yourself that God isn't first place, that he isn't getting the very best? What about that area? What about today if we, we all made a decision in whatever that area is that we're going to put God first? And that because of that decision and that conviction we now have on the inside that we begin to live differently, that things change. Maybe it's a relationship. And if you're honest, God's not getting the best of that relationship. He may not even be in that relationship. I wonder if today's the day you could do some business with God and say, you know what, I'm going to set the priority right. I'm going to make the change. I'm going to put him in the right position. I'm going to open that area of my life up to God. So with every head bowed and eyes closed this morning, I really want to pray for some people for this specific area. Hey, it might be a financial thing. It might be, this might be the moment. Will you say enough's enough? I'm putting God first in our finances. We're going to start tithing. We're going to start giving God the holy portion. And that's it. It's reserved for Him. We're bringing it in. Maybe it is a financial thing. And maybe today's the day where you say, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to believe today. I'm going to stand on your word today and your promises. And I'm just going to start living this way now. Maybe it's got something to do with your career or your job, your business. Maybe it's time to give God the best of that. Open up that, that world, that part of your world that maybe you haven't let God into yet, but I wonder what it is. I wonder right now if you just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Holy Spirit does an amazing job just illuminating these areas as we ask Him because He's a help, He's a guide, He's a light. Helps reveal to us where God wants to work, where God wants to move. So if that's you today, well, no one's looking around. This is a private moment. If there's some area you just want to open up to God and say, that's it, I'm done. I'm putting you first now. Just lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Wherever you're at, I'm not going to ask you to step out. You just put up your hand. You should raise it up nice and high. Today's the day. Today's the day. You're saying, no, I'm going to get things right. Amazing. Well, Lord, we just thank you, Father. You see every single hand that's raised right now, Lord. And I just pray right now, Father, for people as they as they step forward in their hearts and they open up their lives to you, Lord, that there would just be something that shifts, Father. That there would just be a, a, a thing that moves, Father, into a new space, a new season of putting you first, a new declaration, Lord, personally for people in their own walks, their own journeys. So, Father, I pray right now for relationships, Lord, that relationships as a, a, a result of this decision today, Father, would now go on a different trajectory, Lord. There would just be a different journey, Father, as people decide to put you first in that area, Lord. I pray right now for finances, God, as people decide that today's the day. There's no more messing around, Lord. I'm going to start putting you first. I'm going to decide that as it comes in, Lord, I'm going to take, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put faith, I'm going to put faith down on the table, Lord. I'm going to write, write that and just send it off, Lord, and just give you the best of what I have, knowing full well, Lord, that you do care, you do love me, you will protect me, Lord, and you will bring in whatever it is that I need, Lord, and for every other area, God. 
no matter what it looks like, Lord, we give you honor. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you that today is a new day. Thank you today is a new day and we can put you first. No matter what day it is, Lord, there's always an opportunity, Lord, to consider how great Jesus is, Lord, to consider the work of the Holy Spirit, Lord, the first fruits of the Spirit that now lives in us. So, God, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's worship for a little while together. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.